do it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, welcome to Something to Do, a podcast devoted exclusively to discussion and devotion of two of our favorite bands, Who's Your Do and The Replacements. Each episode, we'll be nerding out about all aspects of two of the most influential bands in the pantheon of American rock acts. I'm Jude, and this is my co-host, Greg. What's How's going on? Chilling, man. Chilling. Yeah. So be hanging we, today's episode, um, we are going to talk about Bob's. It's funny. We can just call him Bob and people know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we just say Bob. <laughs> Do you hear the new Bob um, for, for us? Cause like, but the new Bob Mould record on Merge, it came out in September. It's called Blue Hearts. We figured given that um, the current time we're living in, 2020, um, this is just too perfect not to do. So this episode might have some parts that normally probably we would find not worthy of making it, but we want to get this out for uh, election day. Yeah. Um, given the lyrical content of the record and mm-hmm. the theme, blue hearts. Um, so yeah, we we're recording this like to put time on it, it is 8 PM on a Sunday night. The Sunday we, before election day. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Like Halloween was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to pop this up on Tuesday morning. So there may be some ums and ahs and pauses and head scratches, but yeah. we want to get this going. So the, the urgency we felt was much more important and could sacrifice rawness. Absolutely. So well, with that being said. Uh, so I guess first up. Oh yeah, you want to start with what's new? Yes. Okay. Um so what's new? I got a bunch, man. Yeah. Um so on Friday, uh so like 2 days ago, Super Chunk, which features John Worcester who drums for Bob's band, um put out a surprise. At the moment it's a digital only uh EP uh for Halloween. I haven't um, even heard it yet. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. It came out, and I was just listening to like a little bit of it, um, like before you signed on, because oh, nice. I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna talk about the super chunk, and like, I haven't even had a chance to listen to it because I've been doing, you know, researches for all of the <laughs> for for right. both podcasts. Yeah, like so they have a new uh, release. Uh, for Halloween, the A side is an original. It's called "There's a Ghost," and the B side is actually a song uh, by Sisters of Mercy. Oh wow, Alice! Cool. And yeah, what's funny that is awesome. Oh man, I can't wait to hear that. What's funny is like I love Sisters of Mercy, but like that's not on any of their albums. It's like on a single or something. Okay, so I'm not familiar with that original song, Alice. I think I'm thinking, isn't there another, this is probably the dumbest question, but there's another system or song that's like a woman's name. Lucretia? Okay. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Alice, Lucretia. Yeah. What? Honestly. <laughs> to, the, to the moon, Lucretia. <laughs> uh, I can see how you get them confused. <laughs> you imagine how different the honeymooners would have been if the name was Lucretia? <laughs> Um. <laughs> well, gee, Lucretia, I'm sorry. I'm such a dope. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Like, I hope they put on a seven inch, just because why not? But I, I'm not thinking. I don't think that that's uh, gonna happen. Um, 
So I saw on Instagram, I want to say Jason Narducci posted it. Uh, Fred Armisen, his Halloween costume was, he was Bob Mould. It was awesome. And it was perfect. He yeah. had like the, uh, you know, the, the beard and the glasses. Uh, and he, it was like uncanny. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. Um, the song I was thinking of is Marianne. Marianne. Yeah, that's yeah. Marianne is that's from the first Sisters of Mercy that first, first and last, last and always. Yeah. Um, so, oh, the Bob Mould box is out. Um, it's like 24 CDs. Yeah. And then it's uh, um, going to be four different LP iterations. Um, there's a, looks like there's a lot on there. I did see it at the store when I went yesterday. Um, it looks super nice. Nice. Um, Siren? Yeah, I saw it. At, uh, sh- shout out to Siren Records. I saw yeah. it there. Um, and it's like, I think there's some copies that are signed. Oh, wow. Um, which is pretty cool. Um and it's got all new artwork, which I'm never a huge fan of, but I think okay. it's cool. It looks cool. But I think in the defense of the box, I'll say that I think it was done to have continuity. Okay. Um, you know, to have everything kind of have this, uh, the same look. So I get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, and also last week, uh, there was the record store day release of yeah. Circle Circle of Friends. I did mm-hmm. pick that up. It looks really nice. It's a double LP uh, of Bob's band playing, uh, you know, in like 2005 or so, I believe. Like it, it has, it's when Brendan Canty from Fugazi yeah. was in on drums. So uh, that's for that. Uh, Jude, do you have any what's new? No, that's it for this week. Yeah, just other than, you know, thanks so much for everybody who's been following along, uh, giving us reviews, subscribing, all that stuff. It, it like, it really helps. And, you know, again, like, as we say every week, like, we're just in this for love of the game. Um, I did receive in the mail, um, we posted it on our Instagram, I received in the mail um, the special edition uh, CD set of File Under Easy Listening. Um, that was sent to us as a gift, and we had uh, Greg's son Alex do a coin toss. Yeah, to who was going to win it? Um, it's awesome. I've never seen that version of it before. Is there a DVD with it? It's a CD, and then like there's the um, uh, Luke Kriegel like artwork for each of the um, uh, tracks on the album. So there's oh, like, nice like ten you know like little like slot things, and it kind of looks like it's like a. Um, like a like a card catalog from like a library, like old style. Um, Liner notes, like is there like uh, yeah? Know. So like you pull out each of the cards, and there's like one of the like you know uh, unique pieces of art, and then um, and then the lyrics are on the back of it. That's cool. Yeah, it, it looks super cool. I want to frame uh, the, the art just because I I always I love that art. Yeah, I know you do. You should. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rob, thanks again. Yeah, thank um, you so much for Melbourne. You know. I've had a lot of people like, and I, you know, I'll take the blame. You know, I've had a lot of people like, but saying like, what happened to something to do, you know? And I, I, when I, when I decided to do where it went podcast, I I didn't realize just how much time it was going to take up. Um, And, you know, Jude, you're a busy guy. I'm not putting blame on you, but like we're both busy. So, but it just added, like, I feel like, 
you know, in the beginning it would be like you super busy. And I was like, no, I can do it. And now it's like, we're both evenly busy. If that makes <laughs> sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this is truly a labor of, of love for me. And, uh, I have no intent of, you know, stopping, but we're, we're just, we are just trying to get them out when we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we're getting a little, like we said, better at it where I think we don't have to worry about editing as much. So yeah. we can hopefully just, you know, get a, get like, I'd like to at least get two out a month. Yeah. That's this cool. one's been like monthly and uh, <laughs> I apologize. Cause like we, and, and you know, it, it's awesome though that we've had people like borderline concerned yeah. and reach out. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. I, I'm, I'm so flattered. Um, and people seem to enjoy it, but yeah, man, where it went, takes up a lot of time but see that's because we're dealing with these interviews so it's a whole different dynamic right because we're dealing with having to wrangle together different people talk to them and usually you know one of the things we do that's different from something to do when we've had our interviews it's one person right where it went we're sometimes interviewing three four people oh um yeah and and it goes uh, you know, it can go on for long in this. So. I always plug, I'm always like, yo, if you haven't listened to where it went, like you have to like on this podcast, but the joke is that your other podcast is amazing and huge. <laughs> like, you don't need me plugging it here, but, um, but if you haven't listened to where it went, you have to do that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And it's like, this is, this is way more chill because it's not, it's just us talking yeah. for most of the time. And then we occasionally have a third person where it went three of us plus sometimes three or four people. Oh my so gosh. it can get crazy and you have to coordinate those schedules and, and time do zones. the research and yeah. And time zones. Exactly. Like how, uh, my co-host Javier, uh, he's in California. So it's like, it's tough. So it's a lot of work, but matching, matching. that kind of leads into, do you remember the corrections mm-hmm. and just, additional maybe facts we found out so actually this is breaking news because when this hits uh oh what is it that i'm speaking yeah the episode that i'm referencing won't be out yet okay uh, until november 11th okay but i had the pleasure of talking to lou and armand from sick of it all whoa and i asked them i said hey they do another podcast about Husker do and the replacements and my you know friend Jude and I that do it we were talking about your cover of Target mm-hmm. that was Craig Ahead's first recording session with them and loose they said no they said oh, okay. um, scratch the surface was probably first and then gotcha. uh, that was done as like after so it Whoa. wasn't the first so they had recorded scratch the surface and then did target so that's awesome that's, you got to the bottom of that yeah that's straight from the horses i was i get it <laughs> dude i get it in. you you wouldn't believe how many times either sometimes it might make it in and sometimes it doesn't but i try to find a way almost all the time to be like well i do another podcast about the replacements <laughs> and who's could do um because like i said i talked to walter Schreifels uh with gorilla biscuits and um, I'm putting out in the universe. Like I would love to talk to him. I know he's a big Bob Mould fan. Yeah. So, uh, I got his number. Well, his, you know, contact info. Sure. And, awesome, uh, man. So hopefully, you know, can reach out to him and, um, some other people. So yeah, that's, cool. that's all I have as far as, um, you know, bookkeeping. Well, with that, 
being said, I think we're on to the Bob record, yeah? So we typically do like, you know, first are like our personal background and then like some general background about the album. Um, however, since this is a newer one, right, we, we might not have as much like, you know, historical significance of the album because it's- Right, because like, it's only been out for weeks five weeks as, yeah. of, as of this past Friday. Yeah. Um, and what something that I think is like really exciting for me about this one is that I think we had already even begun- or if we hadn't officially recorded the first episode of this podcast, we were like right about to start doing it when this album was announced. Yeah. I think we, I think we might've mentioned it on like the second or third episode Yeah, was when American crisis Mm -hmm. um, came out. And uh, you know, Bob, Bob is a workhorse. Like we know this, right. He's been since 1979 um, you know, when Husker Du came on the scene, he really doesn't have big gaps between anything. No. I mean, Husker Du, we've talked about the fact that Husker Du had like, uh, you know, seven LPs or something in the span of four years. Yeah. And like quality LPs, yes. not junk. Yeah. Like, right. like they had like a Beatles level of output. <laughs> right, right. And then Husker Du breaks up in the beginning of 88. And then in 89, Bob's got a solo album. Yeah. You know, then he's got a solo album in 1990. Then he's label And then right. we get the sugar years. Right. Right. Sugar ends in 95. Then in 96, he's got another solo album. Like the really, I think the, the longest gap he's ever had between solo, between any records is the, um, Last Dog and Pony show. Okay. And Modulate was like four years. Yeah. And that wasn't that, that was kind of like a deliberate, like, gonna yeah. kind of put, put it to rest. Like a reboot almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, then of course we get Modulate and then we go into the, the you know, Bob originally with Last Dog and Pony show said he's done with electric guitar the music. Guitar stuff, yeah. Like loud guitar stuff. I'm done. I did everything I can do. Um, you know, it's time to do new stuff. So he does modulate, which has guitar on it, but it's way more electronic. Yeah. Um, and then he comes back with body of song. And that was where I jumped into the solo. Yeah, I know. Cause I'm right around that time. And I was like, like I was into, I was into host Cardew and I was like, Ooh, Brendan Canny's on this. Like that was like one of the big, and, and because, David Barbie actually played on a couple tracks. Ah. So I was like, oh, because I loved Sugar. I was like, oh, yeah. so it's it's got that. And um, I might have mentioned on another episode, I bought it too because the uh, promo for the for that album, Alternative Press, when they used to have actually like good bands in it and not like, you know, I'm, I'm showing my oh, yeah. age here, but not like guys with feathered hair and makeup and stuff. Um, <laughs> they had this thing where uh, bands like someone from a popular band would interview maybe uh, an influence. And they had uh, Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio and, you know, Blink-182 now yeah. interviewed Bob and they were talking and I was like, I really got to hear this record. So I got it. And then we moved to the anti years, right? Yeah. So he did district line. And, um, Life and Times, that's it. Yeah. And they're great records, but they're yeah. 
they're not they're they're guitar oriented but yeah. still some electronic flourishes on um district line and then life and times was you know kind of hearkening back to workbook a little bit yeah and then now this record is the fifth one yeah in what we we're gonna call what the merge years i guess yeah i guess so i mean because then like when when silver age came out you were like he's this is he means business now um yeah and- which like i'm glad we did the i think the foo fighters episode we did kind of links nicely into all this because like i said that was that was where i think there was a big sea change in in you know everything with bob with coming i guess kind of coming to terms between that being honored at the um the disney tribute you know at the disney hall where yeah you know he had dave grohl and all these other guys margaret cho and stuff you know honoring him yeah um and then writing his book and the foo fighter stuff i think he kind of realized like you know like i'm good at playing loud guitar with like catchy melodies yeah. And so we got Silver Age, mm-hmm. we got uh, Beauty and Ruin, uh, Patch the Sky. Wait, is it Patch Wait. the Sky? Yes, yeah. I was thinking yeah. of um, Mastodon. Crack What's the, the Sky. Yeah. Crack the Crack, Sky. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, pa- Patch the Sky. And then last year, Sunshine Rock. So yeah. I thought, okay, he's did Sunshine Rock. He's not coming out with something for a couple of years. Yeah. So when this got announced, I was like, and then, yeah, and then I remember it got announced and we were like, it was funny because I guess we're about to do a track by track in a sec, but we were like, oh, for some reason, I don't know, we had it in our heads. We were like, this is going to be like a, an acoustic. Like a workbook. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> and we were far from correct on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I guess it's because Jason and John, I didn't know their involvement. Yeah. So I thought maybe he's doing a, um, you know, a solo record or dark acoustic album, which I'll, I'll love too. Yeah. But, um, kind of black. This is, yeah, this is like perfect for Mm -hmm. right now. So I will say I have the, uh, merge records, uh, peak vinyl edition. Thanks to Jude. Actually, Jude got it for me. Happy birthday. Um, and, uh, look at that. You can't see it on, you can't see it in the audio, but it's, it's nice. (laughs) It looks like, it looks like candy. Yeah, it's like, like a it looks, black, white, blue kind of. Yeah, it looks like a jawbreaker. Yeah, but it's like it's like black, white, and blue, <laughs> um, and it looks it looks really nice. Um, Little Bob Mold record is delicious. <laughs> can I add one aside though? Sure. Uh, now, well, not even an aside. It's the one gripe I have with the entire record. Right, is that, and we'll do the track by track. Yeah, but the lyrics on this are great. But they're hard to read. This is not yeah. the way that you want to lay out lyrics for someone to sit and read. Yeah. Like it's, they don't even put the song titles. It's just the lyrics all sprawled on the one side of the sleeve, not even on both sides, on the one side of the sleeve. And the only thing that makes you know that it's another song is instead of one slash, they do two. Because, you know, for research, for for this i and i haven't even had a chance to actually play the vinyl um i I listened on spotify with my headphones and and read the lyrics because you know before i'd be listening while i was working and getting caught up in the in the catchy melodies stuff but sitting and reading the lyrics i was like kind of kicked back because they're great lyrics and super fitting of the time 
but it was also an exercise in like uh, eye dexterity. Yeah, because it's tough. So. <laughs> You're optimal. It makes me wonder if the CD, if they did like one Some, per yeah. page. Good call. But that's my. A, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say that's my one complaint. Is yeah. that like Bob? We love you. Most of your fans probably need reading glasses. <laughs> You've gotta like you gotta make the lyrics easy to yeah, read. Yeah, and sympathy on it. As, especially when they're this good. I know. I like know. there's no there's no reason to hide these lyrics. They're phenomenal. I want to offer some like fun, respectful pushback on that, only because um, while I agree with you, uh, my ophthalmologist is stoked that I spent the time carefully reading through um, a single spaced ten point font lyric sheet without any distinction between the titles of the songs. Um, I think it's a super cool design concept, right? Because it's like the, you take it out of the inner sleeve and like on the back, it's got the same exact piece of text, but all the lyrics are just like taped over and it's just the title of the song. So I think that looks really cool. Like you see. It does. It does. It, it reminds me of. And um, I think it's also cool because it's like, Oh, go ahead, Greg. I was just going to say, it reminds me of uh, like REM. Yeah, REM have. Oh yeah, see, I didn't notice that. If the it like corresponds with, yeah, it literally on the back corresponds with where the song, like, would be. Yeah, it's like the same exact image, and they just yeah, like taped over. I think that's an awesome design concept. I also think, um, despite my crabbiness about having you know poor eyesight, I think it's really cool that like you basically like have to sit down with the thing, you know what I mean? And like carefully read over the lyrics, you know, um, it, it, for the purposes of researching for this particular episode, it made it a little bit of a challenge and I was trying to like zero in and I tried to look online. Yeah. And, uh, couldn't find them. Like Uh, I could find like, like American crisis and which, you know, there's a lyric video, but like couldn't find them all. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it was, it was just, you know, a bummer because like I said, I don't know if Bob is often recognized as being like a good lyricist. Is he? I don't know. I I live in a bubble. Yeah. I feel like, so I know that this is not the only lens through which to view, um, uh, Husker Du and Bob Mould, but obviously our podcast is focused on the, Husker do and related things and the replacements and related things. And I feel like there's so much attention on like Paul's lyrics and like, you know, and, and rightfully so. Like, I think right. he's like a really, you he's know, Paul, I mean, yeah. Paul Westerberg is yeah. like, might be my favorite lyricist like but, ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, but I mean, like, I remember like on the, like the episode where we interviewed Kamala, like she, she, you know, was right there with us that some of Bob's lyrics are amazing. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that this one's no exception. Um, you know, he managed to write a protest record mm-hmm. that doesn't sound contrived. It mm-hmm. doesn't sound forced. Um, it sounds fresh. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't sound like a 60 year old man playing you know who's been in bands for 40 years playing yeah fresh i agree like when the yeah when when the american crisis single came out before the record i was like this like 
how is this? It's so good. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, it's so aggressive. But, you know, in that Bob Mould way, he has a way of making even those really aggressive songs have like that, um, that earworm catch. to it. Yep. And that's, yep. that's tough to do. Yeah. Um, and he does it throughout this whole thing. Um, it's it's kind of nonstop. I, m- I mentioned later on, uh, but I'll say it now. There's three songs under two minutes. Yeah. Uh, more on that when we get to the track by track. Yeah, definitely want to talk. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought my copy at Fidelity Records in Haddon Township. Huge shout out to Fidelity Records. It's an awesome record store. If you're in the South Jersey area, you should definitely check that place out. Um, it's always awesome stuff. Uh, and the people who work there are just super, super nice. So um, I um, picked it up sort of the LP sort of on a whim. Um, you know, I obviously intended to get it at some point, but um, I didn't notice this because I'd been listening to it on Spotify before then, but the album cover and Greg, you have your copy there with you. There's like one of the images is like a pile of like bodies, right? And yeah. I'm, and when I saw, it's funny too, because when I saw your notes, because it's almost to the, you know, we do consume so much digitally. Yeah. That like the art of the album. Yeah. You know, and it, we sound old because we are old. Right. You know? But like, <laughs> oh, it's kind of lost. And you, you realize like, this is deliberate. You know, everything about this record down yeah. to the lyrics. I'm sure even Bob, there's a reason that he put the lyrics like that. Yeah. Um, and I think it was for aesthetics and everything. But um, yeah, it's a pile of bodies on the front. Yeah, that's brutal, right? I think that that is a very powerful uh, image for a cover art in it the is. year 2020. And, it, and I was really you know, glad that I picked up the LP because I didn't notice that image before. But it reminds me of the flag-draped coffins on the cover of Land Speed Record. You know, like con- yes, contemporary uh, um, cult- cultural criticism about just the tragedy of the world. Um, also, the the picture of him um, that so I I have less of a gripe with the way that the lyrics are depicted. I think that that's like I think I I kind of have I think that's cool. But um, the pic I love the picture of him in the suit with the strat and the cigar and the, the cowboy hat and the pride flag behind just chef's kiss. It's so perfect. I just yeah. wish the picture were, were in color. It just, cause I was just going to say, I wish it was picture. in color, <laughs> you know, and, and again, it's one of these things where I pulled it out and I noticed, Oh, Bob's wearing a suit and uh, you know, a hat and he's got the strat and the cigar. And I didn't even put two and two together. That's a pride flag behind him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's awesome. Like I would, I would love a poster with that image in it in full yep. color. Yeah. Because um, it's great. And I love, so the record, it's called Blue Hearts, and Bob mm-hmm. was asked about it. Um, and he said, you know, in that Bob way, kind of jokingly, he said, well, the last time I did an album with the word blue in the title, the Democrats won the election. So I figured oh, I'd try wow. again because Copper Blue was uh, right. 92 with Clinton. Yeah. So we can talk about, you know, these uh, – predictions with you know uh pundits or whatever you know uh politician people on on tv we can talk about astrologers but the one i'm going with is bob mold yeah yeah <laughs> copper blue copper blue was uh a clinton victory and um blue hearts will hopefully be uh, a biden victory 
because as much as I love that he wrote an album like this, I, I hope that he doesn't have to write another one. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So I'll take another um, sunshine rock. Yeah, um, exactly. But move um, on. I'm glad because you know, when, when he announced sunshine rock and he talked about how he had these angry political songs and he decided to scrap them, um, which I wonder if some of those were what became this. We mm-hmm. know that American crisis We'll, we'll talk about American Crisis when we get to it. Um, but I was kind of bummed because I was like, dude, I, I want a political Bob Mould record, but I love Sunshine Rock. It was my favorite record from yeah. last year. But I'm glad this came right on the heels of it. Yeah. And also, I think it's it's really cool that they're they're distinct in that regard, right? Yeah. It's totally a, like a companion piece, too. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's almost like um, if it was a double LP um you know it could have been split up thematically uh, mm-hmm. like that but yeah it's it's um it's everything about it's deliberate but i think we can get into the track by track now sounds good so start off with heart on my sleeve what are your thoughts greg so i love and i think this is why i thought it was a acoustic album because when i read the promo for it i was so excited and i i don't read everything and I saw something that opens with acoustic number and I went, Oh, it's, it's acoustic. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a somber kind of depressing track. Yeah. But I can't think of a better way to start the record. I think that if he started it with like a song, like, you know, the next, <clears throat> the next track or whatever, yeah. um, it wouldn't have the same impact. I mean, literally, and the lyrics are actually there's a little bit of them printed on the front, like a newspaper textile. I mean, the, yeah. the opening lyrics, the left coast is covered in ash and flames. Keep denying the winds of climate change, the deep south sinking into the sea, but you don't believe me. And like, yeah. that's the whole, like, that's setting the stage for the next, you know, 35 minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like we were talking about earlier about how, you know, Bob is like such a brilliant lyricist. Um, and, and not to say that he doesn't get credit for that, but I think that, um, it's just wor- worth ca- calling out. And I think this song really highlights that. Um, yeah. And I think that um, the the power of this song, in my mind, is the um, obviously the, the just acoustic nature of it, the extremely um, direct um, uh, uh, lyrics. Yeah, um, like some, like you know, there's, there's not necessarily a, like a lot of like metaphor going right, on. which sometimes he does, you know, yeah. often. But I think that with yeah, this record, there's not really much metaphor. Everything is very direct, and you know, there's a time and a place for that. Yeah, um, and this is the time, and this is the place. Yeah, um, and it's also like a the recording of it of this song is like a little more raw like it's a little rougher around the edges yeah like i it, it sounds like um in a it, good way like in a good way i was gonna yeah. say it almost sounds like he recorded it on an iphone mm-hmm. like like he just was like fuck man i wrote these lyrics i gotta get this my guitar out and write it and yeah. i love that i think it's yep. got a great sound yeah so that sets the stage and then we move on to next generation oh man it's great i know yeah but my initial notes for this episode were just that riff kills <laughs> i have to get more in depth there it, it, it does and like it's super it's 
it's a fast you know a lot of the songs on here are are like a very similar uh tempo mm-hmm. um with a few exceptions obviously the first one yeah there and there's a couple we'll talk about them but like most of the songs are under like one i'm looking now at times there's actually only one song over three minutes Man. all the rest are under three minutes and again with three songs under two minutes and um this song my notes say divide and conquer nod because like it has that it really has that divide and conquer from flip mm. your wig feel and um i also wrote you, you can tell this is the man who wrote in a free land for sure yeah, yeah. Like, it's got that like in a free land is just um you know a fast but super catchy song this is like in a free land 2020 yeah. it's pissed it's poppy but i will say this the lyrics um were had me really thinking um you know about my kids yeah and my kids the future and like i said i i don't fucking care i'll make this a political episode yeah. because i'm a, this is i'm allowed that i have this voice i'm going to use it yeah um, and it's scary right now and I love the lyrics. Um, you know, he says, who knows what things will be like two generations from now. I won't be here, but I'll predict. You'll feel a certain urgency. It's not a panic. It's a reaction. A call to action. We call it out. They burned our history books and put trackable knowledge in our hands. They stream a fountain of lies with alarming frequency. Some things don't change too terribly much. Don't let them fuck this whole world up. Divide and conquer all. Like, yeah, that's, that's sick. And like, but I do, I think about, you know, I, 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 the stuff that our kids, like I, I worry because of what's going on right now. Yeah. And um, I think it's, it's, it's kind of nice to hear him say like, look, I'm not going to be here two generations right. from yeah. now, but that doesn't mean that I should just be complicit. And um, I wish, I wish that more people that were he's pissed, like he's older, like, thought yeah. like that, and didn't just think that this doesn't affect me, so I don't care. Right. Exactly. I mean, but you know, and Bob Mould, you know, he he doesn't have children, but he still cares, and right. and it really comes across in in this track. And I'll say for this episode, I don't know if I've ever analyzed lyrics as deeply as I did on. on this one because it just, it it hit me at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like it's, so it's gotta be really hard to write a contemporary protest record right now. Um, And he does it so well. I remember it's kind of, it's a different band, but there's this band that I really love a lot uh, called Pile. um, And they have a song. I mean, I I don't know if it's even like really worthwhile for us to like tiptoe around the politics of all this because it's just such an element of the album. Um, But on the Pile, the Pile record is a song um, uh, about Stephen Miller, um, who's in the Trump campaign, obviously. Fuck that dude. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) Right. And that's fuck, the message. Fuck Stephen Miller. Yes. And that's the message of the song. And I remember hearing like Rick, the guy from Pyle, be like, like it's hard. He's like, it's hard to write a protest song right now because like even just invoking the name of like Donald Trump, there's just already so much that's been said about it. Right. Um, and you don't, you don't want to make it dated. 
Yeah. Um, he mentions 2020 in this, but like in the 2020 vision type. So, yeah. But there's not much about this. He did a good job, I think, of making it a, a protest record that, you know, in, in years when there's more unrest, because, I mean, let's right. be real, no matter what happens, we're never going to be out of the water, uh, out of the woods, right? Yeah. But um, where it will still ring true. It's sort of like how a lot of those, um, you know, dead Kennedys, like, yeah, they had a bunch of stuff about Reagan, yeah. but a lot of the lyrics are timeless and you can, you know, listen to them yeah. in 2020, uh, Rage Against the Machine, same thing. Like there are two yeah. I bring up where, you know, the lyrics oftentimes are, you know, there's dates in them, you know, Rage Against the Machine mentioned 92 and yeah. you got, you know, dead Kennedys with, you know, now it's 1984, but even that you could say, well, you know, 1984, like the, the Orwell. Right, book, right. But, um, I think this record does a great job of keeping relevant. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, for this song, the hearts are breaking now part, like at the end that, that riff is so good. Um, yeah. And like all the songs in this album, like you like busted out the times of all the songs. I just feel like he gets in, he says what he's trying to say. He lays the smack down. He just like hits you in the face with the idea. And then he's like, we're done. That's it. And then he, and yeah. then he wraps the song up. Yeah. It's, it's very concise. Um, you know, if, if this were 1996 and it came out, I'd be able to fit it on one side of, you know, mixtape. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think in today's world of people with short attention spans, um, it's great that it's like 35 minutes long or whatever it is. Yeah. Agreed. So next is track three, mm -hmm. which as you know, that's like, that's Bob's sweet spot. Yeah. That's where the hot track is. Um, American crisis. Lives so <laughs> I wrote fuck in all caps, <laughs> literally all I can articulate in print because when this song came out and I saw the lyric video, I was like, dude, he means business. Yeah. Like he's, he was holding this in. And, uh, you know, he, he, he just like, you know, hit his breaking point. Mm -hmm. uh, the lyrics are so good, but it's so catchy. Yeah. Jason and John are both, you know, they're like the best, they're seriously like the best rhythm section in, in rock I right know. now. I know. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the lyrics are just great and, and it's Bob. So the interesting thing about American crisis is that, you know, from what we, heard you know in interviews you've seen with bob promoting the record you you hear these lyrics and you think that he wrote it in like april of 2020 yeah. you know but it was originally written for sunshine rock and um he didn't think it fit that record thematically which it doesn't no um, and he actually gave he was talking about how at the last minute they pulled it off. They decided not to do it for sunshine rock. And that's why they have that, um, shocking blue cover. The, uh, oh. send me a postcard because he said it's the same tempo. Yeah. Huh. He wanted to have a song with that. And he said it's the same BPM. Um, huh? So I th think that's pretty interesting, but the lyrics, you know, he's writing it from, uh, you know, his perspective and, you know, literally the opening lyric is i never thought i'd see this bullshit again yeah to come of age in the 80s was bad enough we were marginalized and demonized i watched a lot of my generation die which bob's talked often 
about you know, being a, a gay man in the 80s and, you know, with AIDS. And yeah, how and Reagan President say it. Yeah. White House who wouldn't say the word AIDS. And um, it was just a scary time. And he's basically saying, like, here we fucking are again. You know, yeah. this is, we have another, like, you know, a president in, in the White House who, like, you thought Reagan was bad? Yeah. Look, look what we got now. And I just, I love it. I love the line, um, you know, <laughs> the line, uh, pro-life, pro-life until you make it in someone else's wife. You'll yeah. be struck down in your house of corruption. Free speech, free speech got stolen by a pack of thieves. This American crisis keeps me wide awake at night. If we're not all fucking feeling that right now. Yeah. No kidding. You know, like, it's, it's nuts. And I just think this, this is like, that's the song of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Like with, with Sunshine Rock, I remember like the, the song, like 30 Dozen Roses. It was just like, you know, it's how is it he still, he's still so good. <laughs> yeah. And he's writing like super fan. Like, I know. Like he's 60 and I'm not trying to sound like ageist. Yeah. But like, he still got he's it. 60 and he's playing this like, blistering yeah i mean this gives bands that are 25 years old you know with filled up with 20 25 year old kids or 20 year old kids like a run for their money like he'll stand that band will stand toe to toe and that's including john and jason yeah yeah like those guys will are just rip it up man yeah yeah this this i mean everything that you said this song like the single drops like doing just like personally like a super super rough week for me my mom is in the hospital. They had to like test her a bunch for like coronavirus. Like we didn't even know that much about it at the time. My friggin' power went out for three days. I was just like, That's right. It was like the shittiest. You got a rash. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, man, I got a rash. So my sister let me charge my phone at her house. And I like, you know, had like 10 minutes just to get my fucking thoughts together. Um, and like, it just, hit me like a wall like when i first had the chance to sit down and stream the song yeah um, it's so good and it, it comes right out the gate too with that scream yeah he just screams and it's like if that doesn't sum up this year yeah bob just screaming over loud guitars and then singing but still having it like catchy um it's perfect yeah perfect Track fireball fireball yeah what do you think it's awesome, man. Again, the chorus. Um, for me, I just like there's um I, I don't wanna um uh you know uh relitigate this discussion per se, but I remember one of my the last episode about Foo Fighters Wasting Light. Um one of my critiques of that album was that I, I just wished there were really cool riffs on that album, but I just wish all the songs were like about a minute, minute thirty seconds shorter. I feel like Bob's give me exactly what i want he just he gets in there with this song he just punches you in the face with the song with the that one awesome idea and then he's like and then and then i'm out and that's it yeah like you know this is the shortest song on the record yeah uh it's a minute and 40 seconds um there's not many lyrics uh it's but it's not really needed like it's just a, a, a couple lines uh, it conveys the feeling perfectly. I love the backup vocals, the quarter yes. speed. Yes. Uh, you know, that, that whole thing. And then how at the ending, it the music just, fades. And it's just that. It has this, like, you know, 
Beatles shoegazy type vibe to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's in and out. Yep. So next we got forecasts of rain. So this this was was the second second single. single. Yeah. Jinx. (laughs) Buy Um, me a Coke. (laughs) What do you think Um, about this one? Yeah, this is like, you know, right from when I heard it. um, And it still sounds this way to me, but it sounds like a Beaster track to me. And I, I love Beaster. Um, It's just like pissed. It's bummed. It's just super catchy. Um, I love the organ fade out part. Um, kind of reminds me of uh, that song, like wa- like walking away. Is that what it's called on Beaster? Yes. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that- no, I see that. I I definitely see the Beaster. Yeah. Um, it's just like this is the song that's like, oh yeah, like Bob essentially created alternative rock. Yeah, it is. This is this is a great. It, it it slows the pace down a little bit, but not in a bad way. Like it's it's like a breather. This yeah. is like this is like the point in, in um you know Bad Brains Rock for Light where they go to a reggae song because yeah. you're just like all right, I need a little I need a little breather, uh you know from the nonstop you know boom 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 mm-hmm. um and that's what this one is the um you know the uh, the lyrics are again like I think the <laughs> this one is going to be this this particular record will again be the one where I probably cite the most lyrics. I don't usually. Uh, cite I know it's just normally like a role reversal. I'm normally like the close reader yeah. of the lyrics. I was like, I don't usually cite the uh, the lyrics too much, but um, you know, I love the line, "This love thy neighbor uh, thing." Does it apply to all mankind or only those who fit neatly inside your narrow lines? Um, and then. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's pr- this, uh, that's pretty great. Yeah. And then of course the one line that like hits nice and hard when you're a star, you can do what you want. Yeah. Cause we all know where that came from. Um, so it's like, it's pretty obvious, um, you know, what he's, what he's talking about. Um, and yeah, it's definitely beaster. It has that like, um, psychedelic feel a little bit. Yeah. Um, and the acoustic based uh it's awesome yeah next we have when you left this one's catchy man yeah um i just go go ahead uh, i was saying i wrote it for some reason it reminds me of something that would have fit nicely on uh beauty and ruin i could see that i could see that um yeah it's it's great I just hear like a lot. I hear like a lot of sugar in this one. In that it sounds like to me, there's like 37 guitar tracks going on. Yeah, no, I can hear that. Uh, I can hear that too. Definitely, uh, it's just it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, right? <laughs> it's awesome. If you don't own the record yet, you should. Go yeah, on. yeah, or like at least mm-hmm. pause this and just go listen to it on Spotify and then buy it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Uh, Siberian Butterfly, that was the third single, is that right? There was like oh, a video yeah. before. No, you're, right. you're right. So this one um, is reminds me of Sunshine Rock. Yeah. Um, it seems like it could have fit on there, but I'm I'm glad it's on here. Yeah. Uh, I love the tambourine on the chorus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I love the you know simple but catchy lead on the. Is that a bridge at the end or? Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I, I love that. 
Yeah. Yeah, this is like, I could totally hear the like Silver Age, like kind of sun. I, I hear a little Silver Age. You said Sunshine Rock, which I can hear some, but I hear like a little Silver Age in there. Yeah, Silver um, Age too. You're right. But yeah, it's something that really stands out to me on this song is Worcester's drums on the like, you can't see me, that part, like the um, the like build up part. Yes. Yeah, I can totally hear that. And the, and it's got, and it still has like the, the tambourine going, which I yeah. think there was like a picture of John or maybe a little video of him playing the tambourine. I wonder if it was that song because it might turn up uh, somewhere else on here. I forget um, at the moment, but yeah, it's a great one. And then finally the last song on side one, Mm -hmm. Um, everything to you you slows it down. Just, just a tad, you know, Um, reminds me a little more of like the anti records era. I can hear that district line. Um, song should be on the radio mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the guitar tone on the solo reminded me a little bit of Jay Mascus. I could see that. I could see um, that. And it's great. Yeah. Yeah. This song, one thing that stands out to me is just like the really effective pacing of the album for an album that comes, you know, most of the songs come in like under the three minute mark. Um, I think that they, they, would they switch the tempo up like in effective ways at effective times. We kind of talked about like how in fuel, there's almost like, it's not like two different albums, but like the sort of general tenor and tempo of side A differs from side B. Yeah. Um, like, and I feel like on this one, he's like, he's stacking them. He's stacking them. Agreed. He did that deliberately. I know he said like side A was all the poppy, mm-hmm. like guitar driven stuff. And side B was the more acoustic. And you're right. This one's more, um, you know, kind of mixed it up. And yeah. I like that. I like that. It's a great way to end the first side. Yeah. Uh, I think so. We flipped the record over. We got racing to the end. Um, you know, I said he writes changes, content maybe uh, that make the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Just these little, you know, when he writes like a, a change uh, or whatever you want to call it, it's just I always get so pumped. I know, yeah, so good at it. And this is the third track in under two minutes on the album. Yep. Yeah, this one, this it's a great song. Great way to start outside be of the record it kind of reminds me a little bit like maybe it's the rhythm or but of the the song argo on the life and times which is one of my favorite um solo bob songs it's definitely i think my favorite on that album i'll have have to kind of compare now um there's there's a yeah i don't know there's a line on that in the song argo i don't know where it's the line is in everyone is smoking and it's it's like uh you know what i mean like that feeling of like get me out of here man yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah um and uh life and times is underrated um, yeah we've talked about that i'm excited to eventually discuss that one mm-hmm. um so the next one uh has the has the title baby needs a cookie <laughs> i want to give a shout out to sal because i sal said something on the dag board when this came out he goes and my favorite song on the album has the unfortunate title of baby needs a cookie <laughs> Dude, I love that guy. He yeah, just he's like, awesome. yeah, he just like he doesn't uh, he, he doesn't hold back. But I kind of get where the title comes when you actually sit and read the lyrics and stuff. You, you get it. But it, I mean, in print, it's literally. I mean, you're looking at a record where there's songs like Fireball, Heart on My Sleeve, yeah. American Crisis, Forecast <laughs> of Rain, Racing to the End, Baby Needs a Cookie. It'd be cool uh, if it was just the baby song, but like, you know, with like Cookie Monster. In, two, yeah, in 2020, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, 
it's this one was also Sunshine Rock esque to me. Yeah, I hear that. Um, it also has that Foo Fighters sound to it. I can hear that to me. Um, sounds like a radio hit. Like it's a radio hit that won't be, but should. Um, it's like a summer song, which yeah, you know, it's November. It's a little late, I guess, but maybe for next summer. And I think I hear xylophone on it. Is that xylophone? Okay. I think so. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, this song it's it's great. Like I would I would agree with Sal about being it being a great song. The um, what's the so Bob Bob Mould wrote the theme song to the Daily Show. And yes. I believe that song is called "Dog on Fire." Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he, the Daily Show, which I remember once the most surreal thing ever was seeing Bill Murray make up words to the Daily Show <laughs> theme song, and I was like, "He's singing a Bob." Like he doesn't know this, I'm right? Think. But I was like, "He's singing a Bob Mould song." Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, this song just kind of has like a kind of dog on fire vibe to me. And like, Agreed. it's just in the rhythm of it. It's, I think it's a great song. I love the daily show. I could kind of see this being the theme song for like a nineties TV show. Yeah. Yeah. For like, sure. Where like, it's like, you know, the, and now your host Tabitha Soren, <laughs> the different people or no, no, like a, like, like a, um, like a, a, not even a game show, like a sitcom. Okay. I gotcha. I like, gotcha. And like, you know, where like it, a must see um, TV kind of thing where it zooms in on like, Starring <laughs> and he's sitting there, you know, eating Chinese food, looking at the camera with noodles hanging out of his mouth, you know, and like starring Tim Allen, and he's you know driving over his neighbor's fence because he's on crack. Like, you know, that's what I mean. <laughs> Never see that was on like I think it was on The Simpsons when they had him run over the fence. He's like, oh no, back to jail for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's like but it does it sounds like a uh like a like a tgif theme song but in a good way yeah 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 it also makes me want to cook yeah it does it's a like i'm like damn i could go for like a you know a nice vegan cookie yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah just that, that's all i to quote forrest cup that's all i have to say about that <laughs> Um, little pieces okay yeah let's get into that one um it's great man um i uh your your note says i don't want to uh yeah pilfer your notes but your notes is there's like almost like kind of matt's feel to it and i can totally hear that yeah it has it has it reminds me a little bit of like replacements like later era yeah um i love the fact that it's like it's one of the things he does in this song which like i would try to do even when i wrote lyrics is like this song starts off and he's like defeated and then he's trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I love how it starts like the last few years have been so frustrating, but then it ends with the last few years have been so amazing or or something to that, uh, to that effect. Like he, he kind of like takes the reversal and I like that. Yeah. Um, It also reminded me of green day a little bit. Hmm. Like this is where you can tell like, Oh yeah. Billy, Billy Joe is like a huge Bob Mould fan. Yeah. Um, Not, not that, not that, Bob is ripping off Green Day, but like I was like, it made me really be like, yeah, this is like, this sounds like, you know, modern Green Day, like what he's doing. Yeah. Interesting. I love the title of the next track, Leather Dreams. Yeah. It made me think of Leather Daddy, from, uh, <laughs> which really, yeah, I mean, when you read really. the lyrics, did you read yeah. the lyrics of this one? No, I didn't carefully read them. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's cool. It's like a different, 
totally different feel um, than the rest of the record. It's like about like a romantic encounter, I guess to put cool. it like nicely. Okay. Um, but I thought of like Leather Daddy on Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. Yeah. When he's like, <laughs> I'm looking for something that says Daddy Loves Leather. <laughs> <laughs> But I wrote it's it's got like a shoegazy feel to it, district line yeah. um album. But like yeah, it's got some it's interesting lyrics, but it's like telling a story of a um I guess like a sexual encounter. encounter. Yeah. I'll have to go back and check it out. Yeah. Um Yeah, the this one I kinda I the shoe I hear the shoegazy kind of element. I my my notes are like, I kind of hear like a file under easy listening, like the mid tempo, like a company. Side two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, so in the music, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. No, definitely. I can hear in the, in the music is where I hear, uh, side two and maybe even Beaster. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, let's see what's next, man. Password Password to my my soul. soul. Penultimate. What do you think the password is for Bob? It's what if it's like Blue Hearts 2020? <laughs> we just gave out Bob's password for everything. <laughs> I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so this one I wrote. This is another one where I had a pill for some lyrics to mention because, like I said, this one's full of this record's full of political songs. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It doesn't get tiring. It's yeah. it's really needed right now. And mm-hmm. it's dark, but catchy. It's cathartic. You know? It's cathartic for it, me as a listener. I love stuff that's dark and catchy, you know, yeah. going back to the misfits or, or whatever stuff where yeah. the lyrical content is, you know, not sunshine lollipops. Yeah. Sunshine rock in Bob's right. case. And then to have the music be super poppy. I loved, um, I loved the lyric stock up on provisions, God guns and oil break glass for emergency. That's good. And then this is another one where I really liked the, the um, just really trying to be optimistic. And he says, <clears throat> pardon me. He didn't say pardon me. That's not me. <laughs> yeah. He actually coughs on the, he clears his throat. He's like, Hey everybody, Bob's got something to say. Cause <laughs> uh, we turn to music when our hearts are filled with doubt. I hold out hope this world will right itself somehow, but this constant state of crisis leaves me frail, afraid, and weakened. I try so hard to hold on, falling off the deep end. That's, That's heavy. That's heavy. Yeah, it's sick. And then, and then the ending goes into this like little melodic guitar lead. And I could listen to that that last guitar riff in the song. I could listen to that all day long. Same, same. Um, and then finally, uh, the ocean. Yeah, not it's not an against me cover. I thought I think against me on their uh, album. Uh, oh my god, why can't I think of the name of it? It's like their best record, uh, New Wave. Okay, uh, they have the song. Um, oh my gosh, what's it called? Is I'm, it ter- called I'm terrible. I'm terrible at this. It's called The Ocean. Yeah, it okay. is, and it's the last song on there. Oh. Um, and it's a, it's a great song. But um, this isn't a cover of that, which I didn't think it would be. But yeah, that was just, an odd, odd this, this just backfired. This was like a minute of your life. You're not going to get back. <laughs> but uh, it's a great closer. 
First we talk um, about Buzz Lightyear smoking crack and then this. Excuse <laughs> me, <laughs> if they if they're still here after the Tim Allen joke, then they're here. They're they're a real fan. <laughs> um, yeah, I so said it's a classic Bob closing song. Um, yeah. It's another one that takes the pace down, and it reminds me of Life and Times so on an yeah. album where it's mostly like Husker style rippers. It's a uh, it somehow fits nicely. It's a nice bookend. You open mm-hmm. with the acoustic song and you close with this song that's a little more mellow. Yeah, I totally hear the Life and Times connection on this song. It's got that classic, th- like you just, the song ends and like there's this gradual fade out. You just want to flip it right back over, man. Agreed. And uh, I often do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm like, I, even just talking about it, I'm like, I know what I'm going to play at work tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, is this record, but. That's it, man. Yeah. Album. So now's the moment of truth. All right, Greg, what's your favorite song? Oh, I got to go first. You know, I I almost started typing. I'm like so convinced. I think I know what you're going to say that I almost just started typing it. So, uh, you know, I I thought about it and there's, there's really so many contenders. It's hard. I I, I would argue that really any song on here, if someone said it was their favorite, um, I wouldn't be like, really? Um, there's not, there's, I mean, there's nothing that, that, um, that doesn't start typing it. Let's see if you got it right. No, you didn't, but that's oh. a good. <laughs> so he put Siberian, uh, Siberian butterfly. So honestly, I don't usually like to be the guy that picks the single and maybe I'm just in the mood because of the fact of, what's going on in the country and the world right now, but American crisis. It's great. It's great. Um, American crisis is it's the best song to come out of 2020 on the best record to come out of 2020 in a year where there's actually been a lot of good music. Yeah. Um, but it is, uh, it's just a great song. I get chills every time I hear it. I love the lyrics. I love that Bob is straight, straightforward about it. And I love that, um, you know, we talked about, I think, when the single dropped, about being kind of disappointed by some of these elder rock statesmen, mm-hmm. whether it's you know John Lydon, Johnny Rotten wearing mm-hmm. a, a Make America Great Again hat, or Ooh. Chris Novoselic saying dumb shit, yep. um, or Morrissey being Morrissey, yep. or even just bands that kind of try to stay out of politics. You know, yeah. now's not the time for that. No. Like, now, like... And that's why I love like another one of my favorite bands, the descendants. I mean, they write goofy songs, but they just came out with a new EP of uh, political songs. And like my take will be for anybody. If the descendants who write songs about food, right. And farting and girls can write political songs, then everybody needs to care about what's going on in the world and care about politics and care about um, making this a better place for everybody um so that's why i think this song is so great because people need to people need to care people need to step up and not be complacent and uh it's just a great song yeah yeah it's definitely so i expected you would pick either siberian butterfly or american crisis and i completely agree with everything you said um just to switch it up i picked forecasts of rain just because Everything that you said about the timeliness of this record, part of the reason that we want to make sure this episode gets out in time before the election, 
Um, it's just got everything I want in a Bob song. And it's just, it's, it's catchy. It's cathartic for me. It's like, it's like, you know, hits on all of the like complicated, like sad things that like are just a part of what it's like to be a human right now for everyone. Um, yeah. You know, and he, again, I think he just, he comes in. That was actually my, possibly my second pick. Yeah. Um, he really did a great job. I mean, he always does, but like yeah. picking the singles on this. Yeah. Like sometimes singles can be like cool songs, but you're like, oh, the deep cut. I mean, and again, this is a record yeah. where every song's good, but he, he picked the heavy hitters for singles. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I will say that, you know, we have some eagle-eared listeners who might be upset that you said forecasts sorry of rain you know i don't want to get an angry email or, or i'm sure you know, i don't want anyone sliding into my dm saying that you said <laughs> forecasts of rain and not forecast of rain so um i'm a, I'm a uh, sleep deprived uh, father uh, if you can save you from <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah, you right uh, i'll save you from that but yeah like this this is the best record to come out this year in my opinion um but I'm biased because as soon as I heard American crisis, I went, well, Bob's going to put out the album of the year again. <laughs> he does it every year that he puts out a record for Which me every year. Um, and this is no exception. And I'm just going to tell people this is going to air Tuesday morning. And if you haven't go vote, make yeah. sure you vote. Hopefully you, you know, a lot of people did it early. Um, personally, I, I didn't, I'm going on Tuesday, but go vote. Make Bob's prophecy of this being a blue year um, with this so that um, we can use this in the future if ever needed. He can just put out another record with blue in the title. Like we can just be like, oh, it's an election year. As long as he puts out a, something with blue in the title, we're going to be good. But um, yeah, go vote so we can get rid of this uh, fucking psycho yes. uh, in, in the White House. Get back to life. Because um, I'm tired of it. I want to be bored again. I want to like... Yeah. Which I'll never not pay attention now at this point, but it would be nice to be a little bored. Yeah. Like, and be like, oh, politics is a little boring now. Like it's supposed to be, and it's not a fucking shit show. Yeah. So we'll see. Fingers crossed, prayers, whatever, you know, let's do yeah. it. But yeah. So all of it. Um, Go, go vote please when this drops we hope everybody enjoyed so next time and i'm hoping jude that again we can in about two weeks uh get another yeah. one of these out because like i said this is this is a real labor of love and i um am pledging to to be more active on the um social media front uh with this because again there's so much cool stuff out there for both who's do and their replacements and yeah related and um it's just super fun for me and literally it's all I listen to because of the podcast is like the stuff for this and then hardcore. Yeah. Like I was saying, like, because of where it went, like I listen to more hardcore now at 39 than I probably did since I was a teenager because, That's of, awesome. because of doing like research and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just glad I enjoy it all. Like everything I'm doing is fun and um, people seem to dig it, but thanks so much for the support from everybody. So next time we want to keep it going with, like new releases. So we're going to dig into the please to meet me box set. I know we did the please to meet me album album. Yeah. Um, but we're going to you know talk about the box set, 
Um, I personally got a, a hard copy of it. It looks great. Um, and just to let people know, it's not going to be like a seven hour episode. We're not going to go through every track. We're, we're going to talk about uh, just the vinyl LP that came with the record, which is like the alternate versions of the album songs. Mm-hmm. Like we'll, we'll talk about the whole collection and the package, but when we do the track by track, we're going to talk about the, um, the please to meet me alternate version. Um, Cause the way this box set's set up is it's the, um, the vinyl has the alternate mix or whatever of the album the alternate takes i think yeah and then um the cds have the other stuff i haven't had i mean truth be told so that's why i'm glad we'll have at least two weeks hopefully um i haven't spent as much time with it because of doing prep for this and prep for the others i listened through the entire box set on spotify but it'll be nice to listen with a real like critical ear so Mm -hmm. stay Mm -hmm. tuned for that and um yeah that's it Thank you so much, everybody. And like I said, go vote. Yeah. Do it. Awesome. Yeah, that was great.